Hello, my lovely listeners. Welcome back to the Miss Independent Podcast, where I teach people how to be entrepreneurs, stronger investors, and go further in their careers. Today's episode is a solo episode, and I'm going to talk about actionable ways that you can increase your earning potential. So here are seven different passive income streams that you can use to elevate your life. Let's go. Okay, first, before we get into different income streams, I want to talk about a misconception that people might have. And that's this idea that if you work really hard, if you get a good job, you're going to be successful. And I, I came from an immigrant background. My parents moved to this country when I was really young. And so they kind of instilled this idea in me that I need to do really well in school, go to university, get a good paying job. And then that good paying job is going to be able to help me to this path to home ownership. But in our day and age, that's not the case. Home prices have skyrocketed. And so relying solely on employment income is near impossible to achieve owning property in big city centers. Throughout my corporate career, I've seen countless examples of people who work really hard, who grind and grind and don't get rewarded for their effort. So hard work and a good work ethic is important, but it's not the only way that you're going to see success. The people who see success in the corporate world are the ones that provide the most value to organizations. And this episode isn't necessarily on how to increase your employment income, but I do want to specify that there is a difference between earned and active income and passive income. And a combination of both is what I want every person that is listening to this podcast episode to achieve. So I want you to rewire your thinking a bit. Earned income is important. Absolutely. I still have a nine to five. And my job is what allowed me to qualify for a good mortgage. It's what allows me security to know that if anything happens, I'll be able to cover my major expenses. It's what allowed me to qualify for traditional lending. And it's helped me build one of the income streams that I'll go into. Having a traditional job is still cool. Don't let Instagram tell you otherwise. There are a lot of benefits to having a stable job. And that's what a job provides. Stability. It gives you the security to know that your financial obligations are going to be met. But I want you to rewire this idea that earned income or the money that you make at your job is the only source of income that you can have. The idea that earned income is going to make you successful in our day and age is just wrong. In North America, like I said, housing prices have skyrocketed. And for somebody to afford a single family home in Toronto, they would need to save up for four years. And I know our real estate market is crazy, but if you live in a big city center, probably the real estate market is going to look somewhat similar. Salaries are not rising with the rate of inflation and home prices are skyrocketing. So if you want more out of life, you've got to do more. It's as simple as that. And I'm not romanticizing hustle culture. Quite the opposite, actually, with this episode. It does take a little bit of time to set up a passive income stream, but it's something that allows you to make money while you're sleeping, while you're hanging out with friends, time that you are spending entirely differently. So I explained what earned income is. It's money that you make when you're trading hours of your day for work. But my favorite type of income is passive income, and that's money that you make while you sleep or doing absolutely anything but working. Passive income is basically income that requires minimum time and effort to maintain. And Warren Buffett, who is the best investor of our time, the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, said that if you can't find a way to make money while you sleep, you are going to work until you die. Pretty powerful quote if you ask me. 
So the haters of hustle culture are going to come at me and say that this whole idea is what turns people from spending time on their hobbies and things that they genuinely enjoy into constantly focusing on work. But we're not necessarily comparing apples to apples here because what I'm talking about is money that you make when you're not working. So even though you turn your hobby into an income stream, let's say you want to sell your paintings, that's active income. That's still money that you're trading your hours for. So we're not comparing apples to apples. It's more like apples to oranges. Initially, to set it up, it does take some time. But after, you've got something that's self-sustaining, and that's when you're onto something. Okay, so no more talk about what passive income is. Let's get into seven different income streams that you can make passively. Number one is profit. And there's different types of ways to achieve profit. You can start an e-commerce store. I started my first e-commerce store five years ago, and they're fairly self-running. But there's different ways to achieve profit. You can go for retail arbitrage, where you're buying something from Walmart or a big box retailer and then reselling it on Amazon for more expensive. You can actually do this while you're in the store. So for example, if I go to Walmart, I'm a very price conscious shopper. So whenever I'm in a big box retail store, the first thing that I'm doing is comparing prices online. Sometimes you'll find that big box retailers like Best Buy, like Walmart, will massively discount goods in order to move them off their shelves. So when this happens, while you're in the store and you see something that's massively discounted, you can buy a larger quantity of that and then put it up on Amazon and sell it for more expensive, therefore making a profit. That's called retail arbitrage, which isn't necessarily a strategy that I personally take, but I have sold different types of products on Amazon over the years, and it's a very easy way to make some good money. Recently, I came across a different way of making profit, and that's through selling art. And it does take more time. You're trading your time for effort. But with this specific example, it takes about 10 minutes to produce one work. So I've been seeing these 3D textured spackle paintings everywhere. And I actually decided that I wanted to do something like this for my own home. So I went to the hardware store and I picked up two boxes of spackle. It cost me about $14. I picked up a canvas from the art store. This was about $70. And then I started painting and it took me roughly 10 minutes to put together a piece of work that I'm seeing people charge three, four, even $500 for on Facebook marketplace. And it doesn't require a lot of talent. So there's an income idea for you. And the third idea in the category of profit is to start an e-commerce store. You can start one on Wix or Shopify. I've used both platforms. Shopify is really easy to use because it has different apps that you can build and add different components into later. But Wix is the easiest one. Um, the Misfit Independent website I actually built on Wix and it's very drag and drop. Anybody can use it. So if you wanted to build a website for something that you want to sell online, I would definitely recommend starting with Wix. And you can always switch to Shopify later. You're not necessarily locked in to one hosting platform. What I do love about Shopify is that it has an app that you can connect that will pay different influencers for promoting your product. Whenever you see an influencer who shares a discount code like Michelle12 for 12% off, that influencer is getting a kickback for the order. So if they promote their sweater and they give you discount codes so that you can buy it, that company is actually tracking conversions, which means that they're able to see every single person that used that code to make that purchase. It's a strategy that I use for my e-commerce businesses, and it's, it's quite effective because influencer marketing is so powerful. So while you might not think that it's a huge amount of money, 
To put things into perspective, influencers make hundreds of thousands of dollars by promoting different brands, and you don't necessarily need a huge following to start. Companies nowadays, they want to work with micro-influencers or people that have a lot of engagement with their following. So if you've got an Instagram audience, you can reach out to brands and try to promote some of their goods as well, and you get a kickback for it. So you might be thinking, wow, all of these influencers sit here and do nothing, literally just promote codes and make so much money off of this. And while I do understand that point of view, take into consideration the fact that building a substantial audience takes a long time on Instagram. It takes months, sometimes even years for people to grow an audience. So the effort that they're putting in behind the scenes to engage with people, to connect with people takes time. So I want you to keep that in consideration. Is it fair that some of these influencers get paid more than doctors? No, absolutely not. But hey, that's a different problem. So let's say you wanted to be an affiliate marketer and reach out to different brands that have an affiliate program. So most companies nowadays do have an affiliate program. You just need to reach out to the right person and they'll create a discount code for you. Sometimes they have specific requirements like how often you can post, what you can post regarding the brand, and they'll communicate that with you. But a lot of the times these programs are very lax and you just check out the section on their website and you can sign up and share your code. So let's say you use ShakePay and ShakePay is a crypto exchange where people come to buy and sell different tokens. ShakePay will give you as a new customer $50 for when you sign up using a referral code. So let's say I share my ShakePay code with you. I would get $10 off of that code. So if only one person uses it a day, that's only $10 right? But now if 10 people use it a day, every day for 30 days, that's $3,000 a month, which over the course of the year is now 36,000 in passive income that I've made for just sharing the code. I actually know a guy who promoted his Uber Eats referral code on Reddit years ago, and it went absolutely viral because this was in the very early days of when Uber Eats was just coming and becoming popular. And he was eating for free for years until Uber finally caught on. Now they've disconnected his profile for fraud reasons, but it just shows you the power of the internet. So if just one person shares the code and uses it, it's peanuts. But when you do this at scale, it can make you a substantial amount of money. So going back to the ShakePay example, imagine with the power of the internet, 100 people, only 100, get to use this code. Now you're making 360,000 off of that one code. Now take that and multiply that by 10. 10 different codes that are being used 100 times a day. When you do the math, it adds up to be quite a lot. Okay, so let's get into the passive income that you can make with investing. Making money through capital gains is one of the easiest ways to make money. Because it's not like you're waking up at 5 a.m., going to the farm, and manning the farm all day. So the whole idea with capital gains is you buy a stock at a low price and then you sell it for a much higher price. It is really difficult though to pick individual stocks and to time the market. That's why if this is something that you want to try, you're going to want to do a lot of research before you actually buy specific stocks. And the way that you would succeed with the strategy is finding stocks that are undervalued, that have a lot of upside potential. So that's where the research piece is really important here. Sometimes I sell my stocks, but very rarely. So the strategy that I try to take when I buy stocks or crypto is buying and holding. But what works for me isn't necessarily going to work for you. Let's get into another passive income strategy with stocks, and that's dividend investing. I've talked about this one on my TikTok and Instagram quite a bit this week. 
So I'm not going to go too into depth, but a dividend is like a fancy word for saying the company just wants to thank you for your ownership. There are dividend aristocrats, which are a select group of 65 companies within the S&P 500, which is an index fund. And these companies have not just paid, but also raised their dividend for the past 25 consecutive years. So these 65 companies haven't just paid their dividends, they've increased the amount that they're paying out to their holders every single year. So if you're looking at employing a dividend strategy, these are the companies that you might want to look into. And some people will say that dividend paying companies are too big to fail. And that's not necessarily the case. There is still some level of risk associated with investing in these companies, just like any other stock. But because they're mature companies, companies that have been around for a really long time, that level of risk is a little bit lower. The strategy with dividend paying stocks is once you've built a portfolio that's fairly substantial, you can then convert it into a dividend paying stock portfolio where you're diversifying your investments and you're not just buying one company's shares, but a variety of different companies' shares. And then these companies will pay you a quarterly dividend that you can live off of. A good yield is anywhere from 5 to 8%. REITs, which are real estate investment trusts, are a form of dividend paying stocks where you invest into a company that buys and holds real estate and they usually pay a higher yield. But one thing that I want you to keep into consideration when it comes to REITs is that there are some REITs that buy commercial real estate, for example. Commercial real estate throughout the history of the pandemic hasn't been as desired because people aren't going back into the office or we've moved into more of a hybrid model where most companies offer some sort of remote work. So even though a company has a high paying dividend yield, doesn't necessarily mean it's a safe company to invest in. And that's why you want to do your own research. Generally, though, with dividend paying stocks, these companies are towards the end of their company life cycle. So they've been around for a long time. Usually they've got a substantial chunk of market share and they're not going away anytime soon. With dividends, if you put your portfolio that you've built for a substantial period of time into dividend paying stocks, you can potentially live off of those dividend payments. So let's say you have a portfolio of 1.4 million, which I know seems crazy, but if you actually break down and do the math, if you were to invest $5,000 today and then contribute $200 every single week to that account, and that sum of money grows approximately 9% every year, within 29 years, you have a portfolio of 1.4 million. So it's definitely doable. Once you work backwards, it doesn't sound as crazy. So bear with me. If you take that 1.4 million though, that you've built over 29 years, and now you put it into dividend paying stocks, and let's say that company pays a dividend of 5%. Every year for that $1.4 million portfolio, you have $70,000 that you can live off of that gets paid out to you quarterly. So not only are you not technically chipping away at that 1.4 million, it still stays like a pool of money that you have in your investment accounts. You're getting paid off of the thank yous or those little payments that those companies are offering you. Again, no 5 a.m. farm work required, just pure passive income. Let's talk about rental income next. So most of you guys know that I live in one floor of my house and I rent out the other units. I house hack where I live in a triplex and I rent out the other spaces. This isn't necessarily going to work in every market because there are certain zoning laws that each city has. So you definitely want to look into those first, but rental income in general is a great way to build passive income. And you can make rental income through having a long-term tenant. 
You can have a short-term tenant, which rents for a specific amount of time. Usually it's a couple months at a time. You can have Airbnb rentals as well. But with Airbnb, there are certain restrictions. So not every market will let you Airbnb. But here's something really unique that I actually came across recently. So I needed to rent a photo studio for one of my e-commerce brands. And it's not actually the first time that I'm renting a photo studio. So I started to look on Google for a unique space. And I realized that there's actually a couple different marketplaces in my area. So these might or may not be available wherever you are, but a couple to check out are this open space or peer space where you can actually rent somebody's home or condo for a short period of time and use it for photography. And they come fully staged with furniture, usually with a washroom, with a kitchen that you can use for photography. So people will rent out the space for eight hours a day for a full day or for specific hours. So you can have multiple bookings on different systems. And these places are great for people that are looking to do product photography, but also real estate agents rent them out all the time for personal branding shoots. And the key with this specific income stream is it doesn't have that many requirements. So like with Airbnb, every city has specific Airbnb requirements and nobody's staying overnight. So the level of risk that you're taking is substantially lower. You do need to have the place clean though. So in terms of involvement, it is fairly active because you need to organize a cleaner and you're communicating with people back and forth. But the earning potential for something like this versus Airbnb, in my books, because of the level of risk that's involved, nobody's going to be partying in your space. Nobody's destroying your space. They're just coming in to take photos. In my books, this is a better income stream. So if you've got an eye for design and attention to detail and you can build a fairly aesthetic place that people will want to rent, this is a great income opportunity for you. The last passive income stream that I want to talk about is interest. And that's basically lending out money. So I do this in two ways. One is through crypto. And I've talked about this a little bit. I stake altcoins or different alt tokens. And I do this through different platforms. So crypto.com has an awesome staking platform where you can actually stake Crow, CRO, which is crypto.com. It's a native currency. And then in return, you qualify for a crypto.com visa card. And that visa actually pays for your Spotify subscription, your Netflix subscription, even Apple Music. So it's got a lot of benefits and it's something that I want all of you guys to look into. And outside of crypto.com, you can stake on Coinbase, you can stake on BlockFi, um, Trust Wallet. There's all kinds of different exchanges where you can actually stake cryptocurrencies and make rewards for them. The key with staking is that you earn interest. They won't necessarily call it interest for legal reasons, so they call it rewards. You earn rewards for locking your tokens in for a certain period of time. And the reason why you have to lock them into a liquidity pool is so that those tokens can be used on the blockchain to verify other transactions. The other way to earn interest is through common type of real estate investment, private lending, where you invest in a fund, they provide mortgages, and you get paid interest. There are all kinds of different funds that provide first and second mortgages, and there are mix, which are mortgage investment corporations, which also do the same thing on a bigger scale. You provide capital and you get paid interest. The key thing with investing in a mortgage fund or doing private lending in general is that one, you're betting on the real estate market to go up. So if you don't think the real estate market is in a good place, this isn't necessarily something that you would want to invest in. And number two, if you're doing this on a smaller scale and you're working with a mortgage broker, you're putting your trust in the hands of a developer who may not have all of the experience needed in order to execute a project properly. Some things to keep in mind. That's pretty much it, guys, when it comes to passive income. I want you to understand that all side hustles break down into three different categories. You're either selling your time 
you're selling your ideas or you're selling your experience. So you can sell your time by increasing your earned income or selling your art or selling anything that takes you time to create. You can sell your ideas by writing a blog, starting a podcast, creating a digital product. You can sell your experience by selling your skills on Upwork or Fiverr, learning a new skill, and then contracting that out and working as a freelancer. But you can also sell your space. You can rent out your home and use it as a photography studio. You can put it up on Airbnb or you can do short-term rentals. I hope you guys like this episode. Please subscribe to the channel to make sure that you don't miss any new content. And if you haven't already, it would mean the world to me if you left me a review. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you again next week.